It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the program. With me in the KFG studios, as always, my business partners and fellow CFPs, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. What should your approach to debt be in retirement? Do you do whatever it takes to pay it off and eliminate the debt in retirement or even before you retire? Is it better to have some debt and keep more of the money you've invested? We're going to be discussing this topic and more on today's episode. That's right. If you have a question for the program, or you have any needs, we're in we're into tax season. We got a show upcoming next week about tax tips and all that sort of stuff. We are here to help. Just call or text 574-222-2000. That's 574 574- 222-2000, online, wisemoneyshow.com, or all over social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Search The Wise Money Show. All right, guys, here we go. We are approaching, or probably at, the data lags a little bit, the highest level of credit card debt ever amassed, ever summed up by the American population. And if, if that's not enough, the average interest rate on those credit cards has reached 19.1%. That too is a record. Here's the thing, like you look at that and and listen, okay, so there's no judgments, especially when we're talking about finances, you can feel vulnerable and emotional. We all know, we've all made mistakes and yet your mistakes feel like, well, no one would ever do this. And okay, here we go. When I look at that, or when you look at that statistic, you think, oh, all these college kids got credit card debt. No, guys, listen, I'm, I'm just being completely honest. My credit card bill in January for December was the largest credit card bill the Bernard family's ever had. Congratulations. Yeah, we and, and there was lots of things that were going on. So I knew it and we were prepared and all that sort of stuff. So it's not like it was a surprise, a shock, but without a doubt, the largest credit card bill Bernard family's ever had. So here's the thing. Where does the debt levels overall are rising and that's going to crowd out it's going to encroach on some of the financial goals you're trying to achieve, like retirement. Mm-hmm. So, guys, before we get into debt in retirement and how they mix together and really how to approach it now that things have changed, just thoughts, comments on the overall debt consumption right now. Well, I, I think the fact that you observed that, as you said, uh, houses are getting more expensive or have gotten more expensive over the past couple of years. Interest rates were on the rise and got up you know, into the 7% range. They're down just a little bit from there. But when you've got bigger house or, or more expensive house, bigger mortgage rate, your payment is going to be larger, obviously, as a result. And the, the issue is, as you said, Mike, what does that crowd out in your life? And I, you know, I, one of my the favorite- fee, The fear is nothing. The fear is nothing. No, it doesn't crowd out anything. Nothing has changed. I still have a mortgage. I still need a vehicle and I still need to go out to eat, buy chicken wings, those sorts of things. And therefore the excess goes on the credit card. Sorry to interrupt, but I, I that's my fear. I, I think you're exactly right. And some of it could be that, you know, during the pandemic, when people had extra dollars dumped into their laps that they could do some things with, not everyone needed that extra money from the government to make their rent payment. Some people, it it became fun money. Maybe it was actually just built up in savings. And since the pandemic, people have been spending down those savings, maybe because life's gotten more expensive, or maybe we got into the habit of actually getting a little bit more loose with with our spending. 
But um, I, one of my favorite nerdy things to do as a financial advisor, this is a pro tip for you, the guide to the markets. Yeah. JP Morgan puts out every single month they update this, but certainly on a quarterly basis, they've got some of the best data and charts and everything out there just telling you what's going on in the markets and in the economy. And uh, one of them that I was looking at recently talked about how much of a household's disposable income is going towards debt. And if, if you're not familiar with that economic term, disposable income, this is basically how much income do you have left over after you pay your taxes? So you use that income to pay for all your needs, pay your debts, including your, your mortgage and everything. But uh, we're back up to 9.8%, basically you know, close to 10%, which is a, you know, just a fuzz shy of where it was at the beginning of our lifetimes mm-hmm. you know, 40 years ago. Um, we've seen higher than that in the past where people are having to use more of their income to pay for debts. Think uh, the housing crisis back, you know, going into 2007 when mortgages were, were really high. But it got down to some of the lowest levels in history during the pandemic because everyone had extra income and no one was spending money for that short period of time. But we've whipsawed back the other direction. It's going in the wrong direction. What was the high? 12% or 13. so? 13. Yep. It's, it's, it's going in the wrong direction and life in general is getting more expensive expensive so i actually saw that chart too josh because i geek out on it and what i also love about it is just a bunch of data and i don't think there's an agenda in it yeah and so it's sort of um just the facts and it sort of paints a picture that no everything's okay i don't think so i feel like the consumer the overall trend is we're, we're heading into dangerous territory with that and i mean can you imagine if people were paying on their student loans as well. And so, okay, debt in retirement. Not, because if if debt is, um, you know, spending some of tomorrow's money today, and yet tomorrow you also have these goals, you want to help kids with college, or you want to go travel and do things, or you want to step away from your job and the stress and the, the pay, that paycheck and all that, is it possible now with this growing debt landscape, rising interest rates, all that sort of stuff, to still shoot to retire debt-free? Should that be the goal? And then we'll get into how you manage debt in retirement. What what approach should you take? So the idea of getting debt-free before retirement, how important is it? How realistic is it? Thoughts, Kevin? Yeah, I think it's it, it depends on the situation, but I think it's very important and the reason why is you want to have it your in my opinion you want to have your financial life as simple and manageable as possible so you want to get things on autopilot your your bills paid um, directly out of your bank you're not writing checks you're i mean all these things happening on an ongoing basis and the question is what debt do you have and why and the, th- the thing that might change a little bit right now is you might have a three and a quarter percent mortgage and you might have some money sitting in a money market account at four mm-hmm. percent. And so now you say, well, OK, well, that's I'm making more money. Well, you're paying taxes on that four percent. So once you net that out, it might be a wash. But it's 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 very different than I've got a three and a quarter percent mortgage and I'm making point nothing in the bank on yeah, that money. Right. So this is where. Um, to me, it, it is situational, but based on the guiding principles, I would say get that debt paid off. And sometimes, again, putting something that you want to do 
on the far side of something that you don't want to do, then you say, all right, well, then I'll, I'll have a plan to get this debt paid off before I retire. Yeah. And I, I try to encourage folks to do that organically just through budgeting, not through, hey, I've got a chunk of money over here um, that I'd saved. And maybe it had a different purpose, but I'll use that, wipe out the debt, and I'm off to the races. Because the typic, sometimes the problem can be is that I've taken care of a symptom and I haven't quite worked out the problem. The, the credit, the, the debt exists because of a lack of budget. Yes. Or that, and, and we all, you know, no one likes it. I often call a budget, you know, that a turtleneck sweater, an itchy one. Like it sounds <laughs> awful and constricting, right? It sounds it terrible. It looks bad. And yet, and yet, just like a diet or an exercise program, yeah, it might, it might be painful, but it is, it is the key. It's actually the key to freedom. It's the key mm-hmm. to, uh, to, to flexibility and being a little lax is having that discipline and that structure. Yeah, because if if you can control your spending instead of, um, you know, just letting life sort of dictate where you go and you just kind of always responding to the things around you, you can create margin for yourself to pay extra on that debt and have it gone. It it is absolutely possible Mm -hmm. to retire debt free. And those who take that approach and they have that type of game plan. They're the ones who have built in enough margin and they've essentially trained themselves throughout their working career to live on less than they they bring in and invest the difference. So they're building up resources, they're controlling their spending, and they don't actually end up needing as much for retirement. They have a better better shot at that money lasting as long as it needs to as a result. As a result. And it's not, well, you just can't enjoy life or you can't, you've got to say no all the time. No, it's not that. It's it's balance, but it's it's awareness within that balance. So I've got I, I got a recent story uh, of of how to approach this and some of the challenges, but then also if you have debt in retirement, what should your approach be? We've got that more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What should your approach be to debt in retirement or on the verge of retirement? Do you take a chunk out of your retirement savings and pay it off? Do you kind of work through it the old-fashioned way? What should your approach be now that interest rates and everything have changed? This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn, Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast Wherever you listen, go check it out. Rate the show as well. We appreciate that. All right, so we're talking about how how the debt landscape has completely changed. We're at record levels of credit card debt, record interest rates. Mortgage rates are back up to, gosh, yes, they've come down a little bit, but they still have doubled over the past 18 months. Housing values are higher. Vehicle values are higher. So more people are shouldering more debt. And what that means, and that, you know, if you, that this is not shame or whatever, this is just the facts of what's happening. But that debt is going to mean you've got to say no to other things. And it may cause you to sacrifice your retirement or, or your lifestyle in retirement. Debt is leverage, but it's also bondage. It's both. Water is for drinking and yet could kill you. Credit, we've said, is like fire, right? You can heat your house. 
you can cook your meal and get those germs out, whatever, have tasty, you know, good, good food to eat, but it could also burn your house down if you're irresponsible with it. And right now with the with the inflation, I think more and more people are shouldering more debt and we're just holding it all together. But eventually, if we see a real economic downturn, that could be damaging. Or as it comes to your financial goals and progress, it could be getting in the way. So here's mm-hmm. an example. Just dealt with this this week. Individual couple came to us recently. They've got a decent amount saved up, just under a million bucks. Okay, it's a decent amount. But he's pretty much had it at his job and wants to be done. And he's 60, I don't know, 63. They still have a $300,000 mortgage with a $2,100 monthly payment. And that's not including escrow. That's -hmm. principal and interest. Their plan works. It works without that $2,100 monthly payment. It does. They've got enough income between Social Security. I think he's got a small pension. And then a safe, sustainable withdrawal rate from their investments. They can get enough income to live on if they didn't have that $2,100. Now, $2,100 is not a rounding error. So it's sort of like, all right, you need to be done. You want to be done. You can be if you downsize the house. But if you downsize the house, you pretty much have to pay cash because you would be upsizing your interest rate on a mortgage. So mm-hmm. it's not this, this is not a great example, but I think there are th- tens of thousands of people that are dealing with uh, that are going to be dealing with that exact same scenario. Mm-hmm. So it's always interesting to enter into those types of conversations with people because if you're looking to be done sooner rather than later, but you have something that is, I, I don't know, kind of a drag on your retirement forecast. It's like it, it makes it less less uh, guaranteed or less sure that you're going to be able to make it in retirement with that debt. Then, uh, to me, I, a lot of times people will maybe be open to setting a preliminary goal for retirement to say, you know what, uh, I'm going to retire not based on some age but some event or some milestone. And that milestone is when this mortgage is gone, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Like the next day kind of a thing. And um, I've just seen a lot of people all of a sudden find new motivation to really get focused on the retirement goal because they're watching that debt balance just be whittled down very quickly. And uh, it's an alternative, I guess, to downsizing. It could be, well, if you were able to go from 63 to 65 and in that two-year period of time make enough progress on this debt um, that maybe at that time a downsize feels less um, cumbersome or or less of a sacrifice. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you kind of piece together strategies, and people, I don't know, it's like it breathes new life into their, their preparation for retirement. I know you, you got one right there, but I, I want to just chime in. What that also does is that pushes the, the health insurance need mm-hmm. to Medicare, yep. which, isn't, which, which is affordable for many people. It's not cheap. But it's very affordable. For what you get, it's extremely cheap. But when you compare that to Cobra, which was the original thought, I'll do Cobra for a couple of years. I mean, Cobra plus that mortgage, it's it's really going to eat into your monthly income. Mm-hmm. And if you need, because you because really then the comparison is Cobra versus uh, an Affordable Care Act plan on the exchange. 
And if you need to be pulling money out of your investments and your investments are all pre-tax retirement dollars, you're increasing your income. And so what you're going to pay for Obamacare is more than um, you might want to pay. And But I, I would be surprised oftentimes the, the Cobra is so expensive. You know, it gets, it gets me thinking about uh, it's this is a little bit of a maybe a little bit of a distraction, but it I've seen two different cases recently where they actually have sold the house and right-sized and got rid of a mortgage and they have no mortgage now. Mm-hmm. And it is, the, the only thing I would tell you is when you do that, like I would, I would try to figure out what is my plan, especially if you're still working, because it's it's almost confusing what do, what do, what happens with all this cash like yeah. you got to be knowing where your money is going and giving these dollars a name the the difficult thing about that and I have a, a a little bit of a philosophy on why is it hard for these folks to find a home that would be a suitable downsize relative to what they're in and um, it's the it's the same reason why it seems like the housing market is so tight. There's not a lot of inventory. And I believe one of the reasons why, and this is a, a more recent phenomenon, but the, the inventory has been taken off the market by people who have the dream of doing short-term rentals. Because those rentals that get rented out uh, on the weekends, and I, you think about here at Notre Dame and um, – there are a lot of people that either are buying a house with the hopes of renting it to a student or the hopes of renting it on the weekend to someone who's coming in for a football game. And they're saying, oh, I can make this work and it's great. Well, that's fine, but that house, it now fulfills the role of what a hotel used right. to fulfill. That's exactly right. And it's not available for single-family housing. When it's you- sitting empty uh, all week long until right. the weekend. Correct. So it's so it's so I, because I can't you know it's 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 strange all of these things all of these phenomena even even with our our uh, consumer debt consumer debt at a trillion it's double what it was twenty years ago yeah and I don't know I don't I wouldn't look at that and say oh that that's that's great that's that's fine that's healthy if you um you don't personally I don't think that is is a great thing um, and again. You know, if that's a tool, I'm not. I, I'm not out there saying, "Oh, that's an evil thing." But I would say, boy, do you have to be careful now because it is accessible. All the stats right now. I'm. I'm looking at this stuff. Credit cards being opened at record levels, and people say, "Well, yeah, it's the credit card company's fault." I'm like, ah, I, I, I blame the fork too. So, I mean, there's. A, <laughs> there, 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 so you say, well, it's it's there's it's available. It's easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is it, it, so you talk about the. I don't know if the housing market goes soft here because of that issue. The rental market looks so attractive and appealing. You also have institutions that are buying houses now. Yeah. I think less now, but but that's still competitive. And then also, we're talking about this very issue. If you have a house that you're thinking, yeah, I I, I think we're ready to move, but it's at a three percent interest rate. And you want to trade that for a six and a half percent interest rate? I don't think so. Yeah. You're probably going to hold off, and therefore that keeps the inventory low, and that keeps bidding wars happening and prices elevated. 
So this is this again, this is all to the point where I, I think this is going to be more and more common that your retirement planning, you need to start that even sooner. So yes. you've got more time, yes. more time to look and say, OK, in reality, will we be able to get this debt paid off or how aggressively can we be and how can we do that and still save up and accomplish it all together? I think this this scenario now the house was worth 600 or 650 or something like that. I'm assuming it was, well, kids are starting to get out of the house. Let's move. You know, the kids have really ripped the house apart. Let's move. And when they did, they wanted a nicer home. They had a decent amount of equity. But now that means you've got a lot of debt, too. And that debt carries with you into retirement. So I think a lot of people are facing this. The big question is, how do you approach it managing debt in retirement? We've got that more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. When you've got debt in retirement, say 50 grand, say 75 grand, should, is it wise? Is it a better approach to just take that money out of your retirement account, pay that debt off, and now you're smooth sailing? Or do you take a different approach? We're helping you with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name's Mike Bernard with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online, wisemoneyshow.com. All over social media as well. Wherever you're at, we are there. Also, search the Wise Money Show. All right, let's let's turn the tables here, or, or not turn the tables. Keep going, but but you've got debt in retirement, or you're entering retirement and you still got some hangover debt, some leftover debt, but it's manageable. Fifty grand, less than a hundred grand. Okay, so you can almost see the finish line, and when you look at how much money you've saved up. No, I've got six hundred thousand saved up. I've got one point four saved up. I've got I've got a chunk saved up. And you know, it would be so nice if this if this debt was just gone. I think in retirement managing debt, it seems like you if you just cut through the riffraff, you've got three choices. You take a chunk out of your retirement all at once and you pay the debt off. That's one approach. And that one is the one, Kevin, you're saying, and I totally agree, everyone wants to do That's just the default. Everyone wants to do it. Yeah. But that's one option. Mm-hmm. Second is to treat it like you treated it before. And it's just, you just pay your, you work through it. You pay whatever you can out of your budget. You try to scrimp and save and put as much on there as possible and you work through it. That's, that's two. No one wants to do that in retirement, by the way. N- no one. And then the third option is to, is to be opportunistic, a combination of the two. Within certain parameters, pull a little bit more out of your nest egg to make a lump sum payment, but not too much, and sort of do a blend of the two. The, really, those are your choices. I think there's a fourth, and that is you could downsize, you could sell something, you could whatever. And gosh, I love that route. I I, I love that. But move I, in with the kids. But I don't think, <laughs> at least from you know, even though Dave Ramsey loves to 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 say that, I don't think that's entirely helpful. Um, in a lot of circumstances, because you might say, no, no, this is the house we're in, or or well, I need a vehicle, and I've sold everything that I can. So just know that that's another option out there, selling the kitchen sink, selling the old baseball cards that you bought for your kids, or whatever, pay down debt. But those are your three choices. The first one everyone wants to do, and that is, I'm gonna take a chunk out of my retirement, I'll pay that thing off. What are the pros, what are the cons? What are your guys' thoughts on that approach? Well, the pros are it's done. Mm-hmm. emotionally you are freed up and it is it it's done the other pro is immediately there's a change to your cash flow situation right so that can be helpful as well 
and, and that is the motivation for so many people. And, you know, I, I think back on over the years, clients that have had debt in retirement, and it's not that they've done something wrong, but each time there, there's always some amount of not necessarily resentment towards the debt, but frustration. Like, man, I have to make that monthly payment. And because of that, I'm feeling cash flows a little bit tighter at a time when I want a cash flow to be free and I wanted it to be, you know, full of, of wants, not just needs, that sort of thing. And so, you know, if, if part of your vision for your retirement is getting to a point where you have more discretionary income to do more than just cover your needs in retirement, then, you know, unfortunately, debt is something that it, it represents an obligation every single month that squeezes something fun out. Yeah. Unfortunately. And, you know, that's what people are trying to get back is, all right, you know, I've I've lived seven years in retirement and I don't feel like we're getting to do the things that we want to do because cash flow feels tight. If this mortgage was just gone, then we'd be able to do, you know, the the extra trips or the um, the, the home improvement projects, maybe some extra gifts to kids or whatever. So I, I think that's the motivation ultimately. And, and a lot of times people do get to the point where they're just like fed up and I just want it gone. Well, the, another pro could be these, these insane interest rates. Now, we believe in the long-term compounding growth of the markets. I, we 100% know the volatility and risk that comes with it. But the other side of that risk is that long-term fruit that you get. Well, in retirement, depending on your risk tolerance, if you're looking at a an, a rate of return that's you know in on average in the eight percent range, and you've got some of this credit card debt that's sixteen percent, twenty percent, that could be a pro as well. I think oftentimes by the time you reach retirement, a lot of that stuff has been cleaned up, and what you're left with is maybe a car loan at 5 or 6% and a mortgage that's now at 5 or 6%, but maybe you're still in that same house, so it's at 3 And And so it might not be as clear that that's a pro in each circumstance, but it certainly could be. Mm-hmm. With interest rates rising, you might have a higher interest debt where you look and say, gosh, paying it off one false swoop, it actually makes financial sense as well. It, it is interesting, though. I mean, there's there's almost a, a generation now of people who had the opportunity, especially during the pandemic or leading up to the pandemic, anyone who needed to or wanted to refinance got it done, I think. And there are so many mortgages out there, like you were saying in the earlier segment, Mike, that are in the 2 3% range. I mean, crazy low interest rates. And I think, Kevin, you even referenced the fact that your money sitting in a bank account is earning more than that mortgage is costing you potentially. Yeah, not in a bank account. Well, or a, but, a money but, market or CDs. Right. They're, or, they're it, yeah. a better short-term, very liquid, very safe, FDIC-insured uh, rate is available to you. That's yeah. right. That's so right. those are the, so the, the, the pros are fairly obvious to just taking a chunk out. Emotionally, it, you're, you're done. Because you're done, that cash flow is freed up, and you're no longer paying the interest. The con. So, so listen for the record, and and don't if you're if you're thinking oh, a financial advisor would never tell me to do that because they want me to keep all my money invested. Blah blah blah. No, that's why you got to be working with a certified financial planner that's doing comprehensive financial financial planning because they're looking at all six areas of your financial life and giving you objective advice on well, should this money be invested or should it pay off the debt. They're, that that's, They want to help you make that decision, not just have blinders on saying one size fits all. So this, 
I mean, we help people with this all the time. The cons, though, you need to be aware of, and they are fairly significant. One is withdrawing that much out can push you into a higher tax bracket. So an example, you've got 40 grand worth of debt that you want to clean up, and that will free up 600 bucks a month of, of cash flow. And yeah, it makes sense. Well, you're going to have to p- take out what? 65 grand out of your retirement, pay the taxes, and then that'll leave you with the 40 grand to, to, to pay off on the debt. So it, it, because you've got to take out even more to cover the taxes, that means your total adjusted gross income or taxable incomes that much higher still could push you in a higher tax bracket. Yeah, I mean, that that implies that you're taking it out of a traditional retirement account, a traditional IRA or Well, a I don't want you taking it out of a Roth. That's right. That That's the thing. You may have a pool of money that is tax-free, and you say, well, I'll go to that. But that's often the money that we're like, ah, you know, keep that hands off. Let it grow as long as possible, because the, the longer that it's growing tax-free, the more powerful it becomes for you. Mm-hmm. There is another type of bucket that some people may have as well. Uh, and that's just non-qualified or taxable accounts where if you were to sell an asset and pay a capital gain, it may not cost you as much as those traditional IRA distributions. But, uh, I, you know, I, I tend to see p- people who have that kind of money built up, they often don't also have debt on the side because they've been aggressive and in, in paying down the debt over the years. So I don't know. I, I agree. Typically, when, when someone's talking about pulling a big chunk of money out, it's coming out of an IRA and the tax consequences quickly scare a lot of people off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, because what it can do is it can put you in a tax bracket in in that one year that you won't be in for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And it also, did we say anything about Irma? No, no, you are. So, yeah, so it, it can also put you in a position where your Medicare Part B costs more. So you have to, you have to be looking in every direction to make sure you're not putting yourself in a bad position. Uh, your Medicare Part B costs 160 ish bucks a month, and once your income is above a certain amount, if you're there's a there's a single and a married rate there, and once your income goes above that, you're gonna you're gonna pay a higher rate for your Medicare Part B. So think about that, and if, and if you're married, you know it's times two. So, oh yes, I freed up that debt payment, and you know, in this ex- you know made up example, six hundred dollars a month of debt payment, but now your Medicare costs in total between you and your spouse three hundred dollars more for mm-hmm. the next year. But you actually won't feel that for what a year and a half, maybe, right? Right, and so it's sort of a stealthy. And if you're not paying attention, then you're going to take one step forward and a couple steps back. All right. Lump sum, that's one option. Paying it off each month is a is a second, but then the third is where the magic happens. We've got that and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show, as well as a lot of other content, is on the YouTube channel. Go check it out. Go to YouTube, search The Wise Money Show, subscribe to it there, turn on notifications so you're made aware every time we drop a new episode, as well as lots of other content that we drop, and uh, and and go there and leave questions, comments. We we appreciate that. All right, we're talking about debt in retirement. Listen, the debt landscape has changed. Guys, I'm just going to go on record for maybe the um, umpteenth time. It's not sustainable. Our economy 
is a consumption economy, it can't survive with interest rates this high. It just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. We've got way too much debt, and because of inflation and other things, the debt's just continuing to grow because, again, we're a consumption society. Interest rates have got to come down, but it's not that, well, just declare it and make it happen. No, there's a lot of other pieces that need to be figured out, but the economy can't operate effectively if interest rates stay in the six, seven percent range, credit card rates at 19 percent. That can't work. It doesn't work. So, yeah, I was just going to say, especially the debt that is a, a flexible rate. If you've locked in your mortgage and you're at 3% or 4% and that's not going to change for 30 years, the nice thing about that monthly payment, even in retirement, is that it's not going to change. Everything else in your life is going to go up. It's going to get more expensive, but that mortgage won't. It's the debt that um, is shorter term often or higher interest rate or it's fluctuating. You know, you're talking about the credit card debt at 19% on average right now, highest in history. That's problematic, right? Mm -hmm. um, so t to me, debt in retirement is not all created equal. Right. You know, carrying a mortgage and, and making a monthly payment is one thing, but being in a cycle of consumer debt, you know, going from car loan to car loan or borrowing on a credit card and carrying that balance for a period of time to, to pay for the big cruise or the, the big Christmas gifts or something like that, or or uh, you know, new furniture, some, some sort of need that popped up that you didn't have cash for, um, that's the debt that can really erode your spending power and, and actually start to create a meaningful drag on how satisfying retirement can be for you. Oh, w without a doubt. Okay, so, so here we go. You've got a little bit of debt in retirement, and, and I'm talking you know, less than 100 grand. First option is the option that you want to do, and that is withdraw a big chunk from your retirement savings, pay that thing off, you're off to the races. There's definite advantage to that, the advantages to it. There are consequences as well, real consequences. The second choice you have is to just continue to muscle through it. Make your monthly payment. That's it. No one wants to do this in retirement. If you've got a mortgage, maybe that's your approach, but it does gnaw at you, and you think, how can I make more progress in this? But guys... What are pros and cons? What's the what's the thoughts? It quickly because we got to get to option number three, which is really the preferred way. That's the that's the wise approach, most often. But just making your normal monthly payment, fitting it into your budget in retirement. Thoughts on that? I, I think the fact that you can kind of levelize your cash flow is one thing. It's predictable. It's not changing over time. Um, it, I I think a lot of people uh, they they kind of push back against the idea of just letting the mortgage ride indefinitely because I, I often hear people say, but then my mortgage is never paid off. I'll never own my house outright. Hmm. Or, uh, you, you know, they, they look at, but then I don't have anything to leave behind to the kids or something. So they're thinking about equity and inheritance and, and stuff like that. But I mean, at the end of the day, if you carried a mortgage literally all the way through retirement, and the kids inherit the house, they're going to sell the house, the, the mortgage is going to get paid off, and they're going to receive what's left over anyway. Um, so to, to me, it's more about, well, what kind of cash flow um, pattern does this create for you? And it, does this allow you to actually cover other needs in retirement and some of that enjoyment that you were picturing when you started saving for this, this huge goal of retirement back, back in your working career? I what I love about this approach is it helps it helps 
be a governor on your other expenses. So it helps like you stay focused in your financial life. And I'm not saying a governor on the fun or the things you're able to do. No, you just kind of balance it all and it provides that little structure. But the other thing is, oftentimes you're not taking a 30 year mortgage out when you're 65. So the the mortgage or the debt that you have in retirement, you're carrying with you maybe for the first 10 years or so of retirement. And then once that's paid off, now you've got your cash flow and your um, your income are all set up to cover that debt. And then when that debt is paid off, even if it's 10 years into retirement, there's now this freedom, this freed up cash flow, discretionary cash flow that you can say, you know what, we're living the life we want. We don't need this much money. Reduce how much we're taking out mm-hmm. or good timing. The grandkids just started travel sports and we want to st- you know, travel around and go see them on the weekends and that sort of stuff. And you've got this freedom because that debt is now gone. Or, or there's maybe one more form of good timing, and that is over time in retirement, life is going to get more expensive. You're going to feel the effects of inflation, even when we're not in skyrocketing inflation periods like we're, we're in right now. And, and so 10 years into retirement, when that mortgage payment drops off, you may actually need that freed up cash flow just to continue to, to make ends meet. All right, let me, so here's there, here's the third option. Okay, you've got debt in retirement. Do you take a big lump sum and pay it off? Do you instead muscle through it, don't take anything extra out of retirement? Or the third choice is often the wise choice. And I wouldn't say, well, this is the one you have to do. No, it's based on your situation. Through your comprehensive financial plan, working with your CFP, you'll figure out which option is best. But oftentimes we turn to the third option and that is a mixture of both. Let me tell you a situation and we do this all the time. But individuals we've been working with for a long time, they got to retirement and were ready. They were ready and and not just, oh, I'm emotionally fed up. I need to leave my job. No, they were ready financially. They still had about 60, 65 grand worth of debt on the mortgage and they really wanted to get it paid off. So, but it fit, it fit within their financial life. They just emotionally wanted to get it done. Well, when we look at their tax situation between their social security, she's got a pension and then they're drawing a little bit out of their retirement accounts to make all their lifestyle work, which includes this payment. They had about $25,000. They were $25,000 below the top of the 12% tax bracket. Mm-hmm. So we talk, I talked to them about that. We said, well, you can do a Roth conversion and fill up that 12% tax bracket because I like it. I don't love paying taxes. I hate paying taxes, but I would prefer to pay. If I'm going to have to pay taxes, I'd like to pay them at the lowest possible rate, please. 12% is pretty stinking low. Mm-hmm. So you can do a Roth conversion up to the top of the 12% tax bracket. And I think financially that will be better for you over the long term. Or we could take 25 grand extra out of your IRA and instead of moving it to your Roth, pay the taxes and you chunk it down on the mortgage. And we get the mortgage paid off after covering taxes, get the mortgage paid off three, maybe four years. That's the plan they wanted to do. That's a, that's a mixture. If they took it all out in one year, they'd have to take out close to a hundred grand to cover the taxes and leave themselves with enough to pay off the debt. That would push them definitely into a higher tax bracket, definitely into Irma territory. Mm -hmm. Or you can do the planful approach, sorry, Kevin, and Mm. look from a tax standpoint, (laughs) see what makes the most sense. Yeah. And especially if you're towards the end of a year, I mean, you, you could be days away from splitting that tax bill into two different tax years. Exactly. That's, a, that's actually, the time of year to do it, right? That's it, we still call it you know, near the beginning of the year. That's exactly what we did. We came up with this strategy in the fall of last year, 
and we set an alert to reach out to them on the 2nd of January and send the second installment. So within a matter of four months, they've made two large chunks on the mortgage. Mm -hmm. And that means every monthly payment that they're making from for the rest of this year is going to have more firepower with it will be more towards principal than interest. Okay, so the option you didn't give us, which is actually my favorite one. Oh, okay. My I have a client that retired, moved to uh, a, at the East Coast into the mountains built his dream house and said, hey, my income takes care of the mortgage, no problem, but here's what I'm gonna do. I've got some skills, and so I'm going to consult until I pay off my mortgage. Love and it. And he killed it. He was so motivated, and he was, he was having fun doing it as a consultant as mm -hmm. well, because you spend your whole life getting good at something, and you're like, well, what if I could just do what I'm good at instead of dealing with all the yeah. you know, monkey business of an, an actual, job and employer and reviews and blah, blah, HR, blah, blah. So um, it was cool. Yeah. So that, he chunked it down with income that he was doing uh, during his consulting. Oh, he spanked it. He, he, he had a meaningful mortgage that was paid off in just a few years. Not awesome. everyone has that option, but absolutely love it. The point is you can retire with debt. You can work with your CFP, find the right strategy for you and work through it. So it's not bondage, but there's freedom. That's all the time we have for today on behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, all of us at Corhorn Financial Group. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. CFPs, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. What should you approach? <laughs> Good question. We'll restart. We'll restart. Dude, what is wrong with me? Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.